spirit is rising, she's rising, she's rising. The spirit is rising, it's rising, it's rising. My love. The spirit is rising, they're rising, they're rising. Okay. Weird days. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm listening. Oh, I posted about it maybe, but in circle. But you know, my bestie. Of course. She has a baby brother who I've known his whole life. He's the same age as Brianna. Just, just one morning, clump of cells they didn't know were in his brain burst. His girlfriend found him seizing. He was in brain surgery for eight hours. Then their family like flew out there and like waited to find out if he was going to be totally brain dead or paralyzed. Like those were the options. And then I heard from her two days ago that he had moved his hands, um, and she hasn't answered a text since. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, that's one of those. I don't even know if knowing or not knowing is the worst yeah. fate there. Oh god. Man. You know, one of the best people I ever knew died of a brain hemorrhage. Really? Like, everything was fine, and then suddenly she fucking died. You know? Yeah. Just how quickly, like, someone you love could just not wake up, like... Yeah. Well, I have nothing but thoughts and prayers, unfortunately, for that one. I know. I've just been... I had this line in my head um, all day when I found out. I was driving around. It was like that heavy snow day because it's Sunday. And um, it was hard driving. It was like driving with all the kids and it was really thick everywhere. And I had this line in my head. I was sure it was from like a T.S. Eliot poem. Oh, the many paths of the way. And I just kept thinking it over and over again. Like our brains can find paths. Like they can, we can rebuild. There's many paths to the way of consciousness. Like he can do this. He has a young, strong mind. Like he can survive this. Oh, the many paths of the way. And I got home, looked it up for sure. It was going to be, I can't fucking find it anywhere. Well, because it was the muse that sent it to you and you made it up, but you didn't because it was the muses. It's probably (laughs) Taoist, but I'm just going to put it out into the world and I don't mind if this ends up in the RX, all of this, but just, I'm holding on to that a lot right now. This idea that there are many ways and we don't know them, you know, around collapse, around violence around cruelty, like around catastrophe. There are many, many, many ways. Yeah. Not just like the cruelty of humanity, but the cruelty of fate. Of fate. Yeah. Yeah. Of cells, just cell death like that. Not even cruelty, just randomness and, you know, uncertainty. Yeah. You know, I, I look to nature all the time like just this morning I was like looking at my bird feeder and there's like four different breeds of birds all sort of just like you know sharing the space and it's tempting to be like well you know nature has it all figured out but like nature is fucking cruel too yeah 
nature is violent and terrifying and Mm -hmm. a snowstorm will take you out or a cluster of cells will take you out and all of that is like part of that like random cruelty of life yeah yeah that essentialism is is dangerous anywhere be like oh mother nature has all our answers i mean yeah she also has all our questions all our problems you know (laughs) it's not not, you know it's not just because patriarchy had a lot of shitty men in it doesn't mean there aren't a lot of fucking shitty women you know like let's beware essentialism everywhere absolutely right i i think about phyllis shafley all the time who like was like famous for for working against the equal rights amendment and i think <laughs> what a dick. Her, her, her thinking was that she was like a very happy rich housewife and if you know the equal rights amendment came through that she would have to go and get a job and she didn't want to do that so she figured the best course of action would be to <laughs> just, just slam those rights for everybody who might actually want to do that or have to do that yeah what what will women do in the protection of their privilege that's what what we call white feminism right mm-hmm. it's like it aligns itself with the power in 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 self-protection and then ignores everything that doesn't go along with that. This brings me to my song, although I didn't expect it to. Do you want a prescription? <laughs> yeah. You ready? You ready, my my sick one? How are you, first of all? Are you okay? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm sick. I the COVID finally got me and uh um, thank you, listeners, for your patience. Last week there was no RX because I was asleep, and uh, I texted Risa like, "I don't know how Little Wayne does it. Like, I, I don't <laughs> know how you can go into a studio on half a bottle of Nyquil and like spit some shit because it was not happening for me. There was no way I was gonna I was gonna go and record. But I mean, again, like." Uh, I could complain but at the same time it feels a bit like that interview that Paris Hilton did where she was like every bad thing that's ever happened has happened to me you know like yeah I was sick but um you know my spouse was off work and did everything for me my dog literally wouldn't leave my side like Andrew was mm. like, you want a treat? You want to go for a walk? He physically at one point tried to pull her away from me. And she was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not leaving her. I'm not yeah. leaving her. So um, I'm good. I mean, I'm like rotted and gutted and mucusy and shitty, but like, I'm so good. Mm. So good. I'm so lucky. And, you know, what's, what's a little, what's a little virus you know, yeah. in the grand scheme of things? I'm glad for that. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I'm sending a little love to Paris Hilton too because I I heard she just sort of was open about being in one of those like scare them straight camps when she was a kid where they come and take you from your home and like force march you in places and she was sexually assaulted there and stuff. And those places are a fucking nightmare. And I'm sorry anybody had to go through that. Yeah. And I, I remember seeing an, another, there was something, I mean, I we didn't mean to talk about Paris Hilton today. But nope, here but here we are. <laughs> Where she was talking about, like, 
how her her followers like you know her social media followers her fans basically that she like felt sometimes closer to them than the people in her own life because Mm -hmm. and at first I was like you know that's kind of weird and sad and gross but then I I get it now you know Mm -hmm. like the these are the people who actually like give a shit about what you're doing and the work that you're doing and sometimes the people in your life just like don't care about what you're doing and the work that you're doing and so I get it we get you Paris we feel you (laughs) (laughs) we're not gonna put you down mama we're not gonna put you down no I don't have the energy to put people down I'm in this uh I'm in this like local Facebook group and this lovely woman posted in English willing to like invite people to a circle with traditional Colombian singing she's from a shamanic tradition I was like, how beautiful and generous. And somebody replied in French, the equivalent of like, go play in traffic if you can't be bothered to communicate in French here. There's there's like very French racism here in Quebec. And uh, she and I were chatting afterwards. We were in messages and she was so lovely. She's like, you know, I just that you have to have such a so much sadness in your heart to say something like that and so I just wish them the best I was like oh yeah totally me too of course I fucking reported them for hate speech on every platform she's like oh me too I'm like okay good yes we can we can report them but we don't have to like carry their hatred in our hearts I can send them love and also be like unacceptable (laughs) anyway you said you had a prescription yeah I was thinking about um I was thinking about, you know, the kinds, well, you know, originally when I was thinking about this song or when it hit me, it was this idea of like a a sort of a warrior-like faith that things will be okay someday. Um, I stumbled on this song. One of our coven mates made this ridiculously awesome playlist on Spotify which I'll link to called Brouhaha thanks Sarah it's really good um and I was listening to it and this song that I wasn't familiar with called Mother Fighter by Nadine Shah came on I don't know I was not familiar and I was not ready You know, I think she wrote this song during sort of the peak of the um, war in Syria. And it was in response to a real woman in in a documentary film, a mother. And the song is Mother Fighter. And the lyrics are just, I mean, for this time we're in watching children in Palestine you know, legally, the definition of genocide is being enacted in Palestine. Hamas is a fucking nightmare. You know, there there's these ideologies based on murder and rape that are terrifying. Like, just to live in a place like that and to know that your family has tended olive trees and will one day again. Like, that is the heart of this song. And there is such a resilient faith in that. Like, I can't promise you it'll be okay but you will come back to this place. You know, she says, these streets are yours and they're mine. I can't promise all will be fine. 
when you're grown, you no longer have to ask why. Just come back home when the land is as calm as the sky. And so I'm putting it on the altar. I'm putting it in the prescription. It goes hard. Not crazy hard, this song, but it goes hard too. So dance it out. Feel in your body. Call it in. There will be peace again. Kids will go home. I fucking insist upon it. <laughs> I insist upon it. <laughs> we all insist upon it together. My um, my song that I brought this week is like a, a similar vein. Um, you know, I've been wallowing in my my sad girl, sad girl <laughs> times, <laughs> and uh, and I have a reading I'm gonna do in a little bit too that kind of speaks to this, but like you know, like we were talking about nature, like there's beauty, there's magic, there's love. Um, there's also, you know, um, birds that will kick other birds' eggs and steal the nest. And, you know, it's not all, it's not all beautiful. Um, and one of my favorite sad girls has always been, of course, Janis Joplin. Um, she's great. If you need a minute to wallow and just like embrace that, the blues for lack of a better term, the blues, then, then Janice is somebody that I go to to do that. And I brought Get It While You Can. Um, I mean, it starts out like, in this world, if you read the papers, darling, you know everybody's fighting with each other. And there's no one you can count on, dear, not even your own brother. So if someone comes along who's going to give you some love and affection... I say, get it while you can, get it while you can. And then she sings that line over and over and over. Get it while you can. Don't turn your back on love. Don't turn your back on love. It's, it's tempting when you read the papers, darling, <laughs> to feel like turning your back on, on love and just like embracing this Facebook fucker who was like I'm angry and I feel bad so I want you to feel bad too but the option is if someone comes along who wants to give you some love and affection like this Colombian woman who wanted to share this beautiful circle I say get it while you can and one of the other lyrics in the song is like um don't you know when you love somebody, you're taking a gamble on a little sorrow? And we've talked about this before, that grief comes from love. We wouldn't grieve if we didn't love. Um, you're taking a gamble on a little sorrow, but who cares? Because we may not be here tomorrow. Because we may not be here tomorrow. So if someone comes along who's going to give you some love and affection, I say get it while you can. Get it while you can. So that's my prescription, like, get it however, however, wherever, from whomever, when you feel like you want to hate, find someone who's going to give you some love and affection and get it while you can, because we may not be here tomorrow and we definitely won't be here a hundred years from now, you know? So get it while you can is my prescription. Whether you listen to the Janis Joplin song or not, just get it while you can, whatever it is. Get it while you can. I and love don't, that. Don't you turn your back on love. 
No, no, that's what's so important to insist upon. And it's so funny because in the past I've been like, the message can't just, you know, like the core, it can't just be that simple. Like it's just love like that, <laughs> you know, the, the message at the heart of every movement, every peace movement, every religion that I was, I've, I've really had in my head a lot lately. I did an episode on Lucille Clifton a little while back, this incredible poet and, um, Marina Magloire went, who is this great researcher, went through this period of Lucille Clifton's life that was sort of lesser known where she was um, channeling. She started with a Ouija board and then she progressed with automatic writing and stuff. And the one message that kind of comes through over and over again and that Magloire cites is, is her sort of voices who would return to her over and over again being like, the time is short. Like you have you know, your children's generation and their children's generation to insist and remind the world that love is, that truth is. And if we can, then we will have a thousand years of love and peace on earth. And if we can't, then there will be a really long, dark period. And I don't know, I just keep, I don't know about the the prophecy element of that or the, the way that our own fears can manifest in voices or or how deeply accurate I, I think she was as a poet, as a listener, you know. But uh, it does ground me to think like it is enough and more than enough and kind of everything to insist that love exists, that we love. I truly, you know, that like love is that we don't skip it. We don't just skip over it and, and like forget how fucking miraculous and astounding it is that people fall in love, even with love with a place that we imbue so much life into things, so much love to our relationships with like animals and tools and like, I don't know, staying there, not letting that magic slip through our fingers in those moments, but like really staying in what love is. is all that I have for the prescription. (laughs) Because it is, you know, um, post-enlightenment and we want to be logical and people say feelings are not facts and all of these things. And yeah, totally. Um, But at the same time, like love is a great mystery. We don't understand it. We don't know. We've had, you know, biologists tell us that like, you you know, certain pheromones will attract you because of immunity differences. And then your body like wants to make a child with this person because you have like different immunity and, and all of that stuff. But like falling in love, loving has no logic. It is magic. It is unknowable. And yet like it's all we know. So that that is magic, that that great unknown that is the most beautiful thing that we can conjure in our mm-hmm. lives. And it is the magic of this time of year, right? Like it's if you live in the north, like we it's dark and darker every day. And so we are drawn inward. We're drawn into our small homes. We're drawn towards small lights. You know, we, we see the hope of the sun and just like these, it's so precious, you know, so it, we, we have to like 
aim ourselves at the joy of the solstice and like the crazy painful mother's night rebirthness of the whole world that is the solstice and like just lean into like some somehow the fact that it is dwindling away makes it all the more clear and all the more like everything all the more everything (laughs) all the more everything (laughs) um i brought uh i brought one of my old women's spirit magazines um yay listeners if if you don't know what i'm talking about um i did a zine post about women's spirit magazine so we'll we'll link that in the rx um but they this this group of of women feminist witches they they put out this magazine four times a year um on the solstices and on the equinoxes and this is from winter solstice um i can't find the year here but it it was in the 70s this is number 14 and i found this piece it's called our circle our cauldron and I really feel like, you know, we talk metaphorically about the cauldron and I and, and and to extend that metaphor, like I feel like our circle is the cauldron into which we put things. And this is like a four page long kind of play. So obviously I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but um, this just really struck me. So I'm going to read a bit of it. Um One of the older women rises to her knees and looks soberly around the circle. She holds an ornamented stick with a rattle on the end. She speaks. Let us all breathe deep, sisters, and focus. Let us center our hearts and minds here on this empty space between us. This is a receptive space. It is our cauldron. Whatever we put in it will be transformed. It can nourish us all. What do we need today? A woman answers, we have each come to this circle hungry. Our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our very souls are lean and restless. Is there any food that will fill us? Another woman says, We have only the fragments of our lives, some bits of insight and pieces of our dreams, but we can pour in the salty water of our tears. We have so many tears, our tears of pain, of hopelessness, of fear. The first woman replies, here, stir the cauldron as the rattle comes to you, throw in whatever you bring. Empty your pockets, shake out your secrets, turn the dark corners of your past to our sight. We need all that we can bring that is true, whether it tastes of honey or vinegar, salt or spice, whether it is herb, flower, root or rind, surely There is nourishment in all the scraps of our lives. The second woman adds, we have brought fire to transform them with our hot tempers, our burning passions, our desire and the warmth of our love, the white heat 
of our resentment than the searing blaze of our rage. All three speak together. Come, together we will make a rich stew and we will feed each other. We will all be filled. A nourishing broth, a healing potion, a magic brew. There is a soft drumming which fades into silence. We need all that we bring that is true. All of it. If you got spice, if you got sugar, all is welcome in the circle of our cauldron. Because our our circle is our cauldron. So if you're sick, if you're mourning, if you're happy and in love, all of these are the ingredients, the scraps of our lives that form this stew that will nourish us together. Here's to the fighter moms and the warrior moms and the sick and the loving and the getting and, better and the kids rebuilding their brains. And get it while you can. And get it while you fucking can. <laughs> and bless it fucking me. Mm. <laughs> If you want to support the Missing Witches Project, find out how at missingwitches.com.